Leslie Marshall Show, a true democracy in talk radio. Of, for, and by you, the people. I'll be with you for the next hour. We'll talk to some pretty exciting people. Um, I think to start right now, we have on the line uh, my good friend Lowell Feld, who is the proprietor, founder of Blue Virginia, a very influential blog in uh, the state of Virginia, which, as you may know, is coming up this year. They've got uh, important elections, which will be really uh, tell the tale of, of whether – Donald Trump's, we are in Donald Trump's America, or as we see out in the streets, uh, people are really reacting against Donald Trump's America. And I think Virginia, like New Jersey, the two big off-year election states, we're going we're gonna to learn a lot. So I thought it would be a great idea to have Lowell on. Lowell, are you here? Yes, I am, Cliff. Uh, good, to, good to talk to you, and thanks for having me on. Oh, no problem. I think we should let people know um, that Lowell's blog, your blog, is not just an important one. Literally, Tim Kaine said, said during the election when he was a <laughs> vice presidential candidate that he looked at it first every day. And uh, a lot of people give you credit with helping electing not only Tim Kaine, but Jim Webb. That one you might take back. I don't know. Uh, yeah, the Jim uh, Webb one I don't talk about too much these days uh, with, with some of the things he's been saying. He was just on Meet the Press yesterday, if you saw that one, but uh, talking about how the Democratic Party has supposedly lurched to the left. But anyway, it was great at the time we uh, ousted George Allen, um, who was which makes it all worth it, know, really. U.S. Senator with millions of dollars in the bank account, and uh, we took back the U.S. Senate that year in 2006. So it was worth it, even if Webb no. I, I think it, I think that that is definitely worth it taking out George Allen, and I and I you know in the in that election, first of all, Jim Webb was striking a bit more of a populist uh, right. tone back then. He seems to fly back to the left and the right over the years a lot. So yeah, I guess that, that, but but you, I mean, look, there's no doubt with what you did there, uh, because in the end, I think Webb won by about 7,000 votes. You know, you, you uh, something like that, you can tell yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, we were up until midnight, and uh, actually George Allen was ahead all night until the late returns came in from, North, from Fairfax County and a few places in, like, some of the uh, absentee votes. So, yeah, it was really close. And it was very exciting. One of one of the most exciting races, certainly that I've ever been involved with. But it was a fun race. I mean, we had the Macaca incident, of course, with George oh, Allen right. confronting our Indian American uh, tracker and calling him a Macaca, a word that nobody had ever heard before, and we all learned what that word meant. <laughs> Things yeah. like that. It was just a, it was a crazy campaign. So yeah, great times. Great times, but I mean, seriously, I, I do say this, and I think it's important to go beyond just what you've done and talk about in general. People who are who live in states who know the terrain, who because, yeah, yeah. And, and who write about it and write about what's going on in an honest way at their blogs, because blogs become not just me, a media, you know, an amplifier of ideas, but also a way that that, that people on the left can often get organized. Um, and show up, and, and I, you know, I, I don't think there's a better example than yours, because 
you know, it's played a role. Look at what's happened in Virginia just over the last decade. Went from a mm-hmm. solid red to certain then purple, and now, you know, we're, it's, it's more blue than, frankly, a good half dozen other states that have been swing states for a long time. Far more blue, sadly, than the one I'm sitting in that's always been considered a preeminent swing state, which is Ohio. Right. So, oh, Ohio. You, so I, I won't keep singing your praises and embarrassing you. Well, but, I appreciate you know. it. You can keep going on all day like this. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying it, you know, so feel free. So now that we've established you're at least the smartest man in Virginia, maybe <laughs> in general, well, let's talk quite, about what's yeah, coming up you. this year. Um, what do you, you know, you put together a spreadsheet that you're kind of to share with me. There are a number, number of districts that Hillary Clinton won in. Mm-hmm. Enough potentially to, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's enough to take back the state house. We are well behind there. But maybe I'll let you talk about that. You're the expert. What What is possible and what do we need to do to send that message to Trump and the Republican Party by having a huge night in Virginia? All right. Well, first of all, a little background. I don't know how many of your listeners know know about Virginia, but we have this year, it, Virginia has these odd year elections. It's very odd in a way, but it always has been this way. Uh, we also have term limited governors, one term only. So Terry McAuliffe uh, is coming up to the end of his one term. So this year we will have elections for governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, and the entire House of Delegates. The House of Delegates right now, despite the fact that Virginia is Kind of a leaning blue state. We control uh, the two U.S. Senate seats, the governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general. It, the House of Delegates only has 34 Democrats out of 100. Um, but is that partially to Jerry due Mander, to their yes, redu- our, old, is, our old friend, yep. Jerry Mander? But also yep. because Democrats don't show up in the um, non-presidential years, uh, the non-federal election year. So that's a big challenge for us. We have in this state, we have 17 of those. House of Delegates districts are currently controlled by a Republican, but they were won by Hillary Clinton in November. So we have the voters there. We know they're there. They voted for Hillary Clinton in November. We won those districts, and yet they're held by Republicans. So the big challenge for us this year is to take the energy that we – I was down on the National Mall with – Oh, maybe 1.3 million or whatever the number was of my my new friends there, you know, marching the day after Trump's uh, inauguration. And um, take that energy, which was incredible, uh, and a lot of those people were from Virginia or, or even D.C. and Maryland who are border, bordering, you know, the states and jurisdictions to Virginia. So, and, take, yeah. and, 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 and channel that into, you know, first of all, informing people that there is there are elections this year in Virginia and then getting them to volunteer, to phone bank, to knock on doors, and, of course, to vote. Uh, a lot of those people marching on the National Mall uh, the day after Trump's election did not know there was an, didn't even know there was an election in Virginia this year. So we right. have an educational job to do, and then we have an organizational job to do. And if we do that, I think, I mean, I'm not going to say we're going to win back 17, you know, seats, but we But can you don't have to win them all, right? I mean, what if you win, I mean, if you have a big, I mean, look, it'd be great to win them all, but if you have a big night, if Democrats won the big races and won 10 or 12, you know, state delegates, you know, seats, or state house yeah. seats, whatever, I mean, that would be a pretty, right? That would send a message, wouldn't it? Well, I think, I mean, besides the fact that it would change the game in Richmond, in, in our state capital to a large extent, I mean, it would get the Democrats in, within striking distance of the majority, and it really would change the psychology. But, yeah, the message it would send nationally that 
that uh, I think would be incredible. That you know, uh, Democrats are are really um, engaged. They're 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 fearful. They're upset. They're angry. Whatever words you want to use, but and and they're motivated to get out there and vote against Trump. I mean, a lot of people what they like to say right now, and I like to say it, is that if you want to hit back against Trump, basically, besides I guess the the special election for Price's seat down in Georgia, I mean, Virginia's their your first really big chance. Uh, this year to to really hit back against Trump. If you want to send a message, you can imagine if we took back the House of Delegates. Imagine that would if we be swept amazing. the statewide offices and took back the House. Of, just that is a long shot for the House of Delegates. Just can you imagine the narrative? No, I mean that that's huge. And and the thing about Virginia, we always know this. Whether this doesn't have to be fair or unfair, it's just life which is what happens in Virginia inevitably is going to be covered in a way that it wouldn't if it were in Mississippi or, you know, in New Mexico because a lot of the right. national reporters are right there. And it gives they've got stuff that they can write about. They know the situation better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, so, I mean, that's, uh, I, that's huge. Obviously, it, it also changes the dynamics. Barbara Comstock, who we all have hated for a long time now, <laughs> yeah. is in a district that, that – uh, that Hillary Clinton won by something like ten points, and yeah. that's on the congressional level. So we start undoing the gerrymanders, right? And that's in, in huge too, just in terms of of uh, down the line, of course, the redistricting. Right. Well, in terms of uh, if we if we uh, win the governor's mansion this this year, if we hold the governor's mansion this year, then that's for four years, of course. So that takes us past twenty twenty, the census. And then into 2021 when redistricting happens. So that means at least we have the governor's mansion, and at least we have sort of at least maybe a veto on anything, assuming we don't have control of the General Assembly. Then at least right. we have a major say in what those lines look like. Because this is what, in state after state, what Republicans have done is they have made a huge effort to take control of the state legislatures, and they've used that to both pass terrible laws in their states and to draw to gerrymander their states into oblivion, basically, for the Democrats, um, where you have states that are 50-50 or even slightly leaning Democratic or whatever, where they control the legislatures, and then they draw the lines for... Believe me, I can, I can give you guys a, a, a treatise on this, living in Ohio, where, yes, Trump won bigger this time. Well, actually, you know what, we need to go to a break, but we'll be right back uh, with Lofeld, and we'll continue talking about uh, off-year elections and Donald Trump and much else. Cliff Schechter, I'm filling in for Leslie Marshall today. It's the Leslie Marshall Show. We're at 20 minutes after the hour, and we're having a great conversation with Lowell Feld, the founder proprietor of Blue Virginia, incredibly important blog in uh, the state of Virginia, which happens to have important elections coming up this year. All of you listening who live in Virginia, know anybody in Virginia, uh, make sure to tell people. So, Lowell, are you still with me? Uh, yeah, I think so. Excellent. When we... When we uh, when we went to break, I was starting to lament uh, what's occurred in Ohio, which, yes, we had a relatively bad year, although if you look at uh, what we'll nicely call the the uh, Putin-Comey effect, my <laughs> guess is uh, how that delivered Pennsylvania, Michigan, and places, which we've now seen the, the, the change in the direction of polling. Nobody's bothered in Ohio because that was an eight-point loss, but 
if you, if you use that, those other states we've looked at as an example, it would have been more like a three to four point loss here. So mm-hmm. this is still a relatively close state, even even this time around. And and you know, out of a, out of a hundred state house seats, the Republicans have something like sixty six. I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. Um, and Hillary Clinton won Virginia by five points. Um, Obama won it by six. Four and then Hillary won it by five. So if you put in that, you know, Comey uh, Putin effect or whatever, I don't know how many points you're giving that exactly, but you know, yeah, I mean, it's possible Clinton would have won Virginia by eight, seven, eight point, whatever. So I'm, I'm, I'm extrapolating, and again, it may not be. It's not an exact science. I'm not saying it is, but they did. Act, people looked at polling, and especially in places like Wisconsin. Michigan and Pennsylvania and how where the undecideds went after the Comey document, you know, mm-hmm. after the first one, a week and a half before the election. And it, I mean, it was brutal. The direction things went in, you know, it well, went in like a 20 point is, you know, direction. The, uh, uh, Clinton campaign didn't really even run TV ads. They, they had people on the ground in Virginia, but they really weren't um, spending a lot of money on um, TV ads in Virginia. They did go back up on up uh, right at the end, but for the most part, they they just assumed Virginia they were going to win, which is amazing when you think about it. I mean, <laughs> first time that yeah. Democrats won Virginia was in 2008, in you know, in a long, many, 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 many years since the old Democratic Party and the the way things used to be, um, and and now it's just assumed that Democrats are going to win Virginia. So, but that, but yeah, well, we but that tells that. an important story, right? It tells. Go ahead. Sorry. No, we still have only 34 seats in the House of Delegates, so you know we we still have a ways to go uh, at, at the state level, and and that's. But th- this is one of my biggest frustrations: is you know Democratic drop off in the non-presidential years. It's both Republicans drop off too, but Democrats drop off much worse, and yeah. it kills us. Uh, it kills us in the House of Representatives, and it kills us in the state legislatures, uh, really across the country. We've got to fix that. Well, yeah, it may not be as sexy as like TV ads, but it's something that that we don't invest nearly much enough time and money on. Because if you look at it, um, you know, and you look at the disastrous effects that, it, as you you point out, it doesn't just lead to terrible state policy, which we've had in all sorts of of what you would call purple states, Florida and Ohio, and even Arizona now is mm-hmm. the main one. But but others that you know that that we're in, we've seen some of it in that that are starting to that. that you know, you really should have a, a much more solid Democratic lean. And the Republicans have taken advantage of that. Obviously, post-Citizens United, the, the financial stuff, and and uh, we go on and on and talk about it with Alec. And, I mean, they, they've mm-hmm. they've prioritized winning in the states. And yeah, and in fact, one of the dividends. who, uh, you know, played a role in, in that prioritization is running for governor in Virginia this year. His name is Ed Gillespie. Uh, you probably don't remember Enron Ed or whatever you want to call the guy, but um, you know Gillespie goes back goes back years in national Republican politics, but not now he's running for governor of Virginia. But he also was one of the masterminds of their strategy to to work and, and try to take back the state legislatures and governors' mansions, and it and it really worked. And I don't know where Democrats were all those years. I mean, I was screaming about it, and I know other people were, but uh, that Democrats needed to invest also in the in the states. And I hope this year in Virginia. I mean, to me, this year in Virginia, it should be all hands on deck. If, if you care, if you're a progressive nationally or whatever, I mean, wherever you are, I mean, I, what other elections are there this year? New Jersey. Right. Well, which, we have to put in a strong effort in New Jersey, but at the same time, Chris Christie's approval rating is something like 18%. So yeah, if a Democrat say, like, can't win that governorship. Whatever, yeah. So and we have and we have both the the you know we have the legislature there. We should be able to increase those margins, hopefully. So 
I'm not saying people don't make a huge effort in New Jersey, especially those living in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. But yeah, of those two, Virginia is, is the bigger deal. I mean, there's some mayor's races around the country, too. I'm not going to say those aren't important. I mean, you've got very progressive mayors in New York and L.A., which is kind of important in some other cities. Yeah. Um, I'm not, so I'm not saying that, that those are – but, yes, Virginia is kind of the biggest is, – is of the, all the ones you could call even purple at this point, where Republicans – you know, they've, they've used that gerrymandering, as you've pointed out, so the Democrats only have 34 delegates, state delegates, and they, this is how they protect their power through right. voter suppression and, and, and these various methods of, of spending money in these off-year elections so that even a state like Virginia, where if you look at how much it's moved in a leftward direction, as you just pointed out, the last decade, they've still been able to keep an iron grip on the state house because mm-hmm. they're so good at gaming out the various blocks in our system that 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 help rural voters and help white voters to be quite frank and and others so we need to do everything we can to prioritize that i I couldn't agree more right one of the reasons i wanted to have you on today the governor's mansion then given the fact that republicans control the legislature basically they turn they can turn virginia into north carolina or whatever you want to say you know pretty much overnight Then there's nothing we can do to stop them. Right now, we have a Democrat in the governor's mansion. They can ve- he can ve- Terry McAuliffe can veto yep. the crazy anti-immigrant, anti-LGBT, uh, anti-women's um, right to choose, et cetera, anti-environmental you know legislation coming out of that legislature. Well, you you put Ed Gillespie in there, and does he veto it? Probably not. So then we yeah. have. A- He's like the, he, he, he probably is the picture, et cetera, et cetera, legislation coming out of there, you know, and getting signed into yeah. law. So he's, a, he's like the picture next to lobbyist in the dictionary. So I mean, he doesn't. You don't even need to lobby him. He lo- he'll probably lobby himself if he's governor. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, the other one is, I mean, attorney general is extremely important. I mean, Mark Herring, our attorney general, has been a leader on a number of, of areas from uh, uh, marriage equality uh, to DACA students yep. uh, to kids, you know, dreamers, uh, to now doing over this Muslim ban. Yep. Um, he's been one of the leaders on that. And, um, you know, so the attorney general is very important in all, all the states, really. I mean, uh, kind of a... So listen. Don't think people Lowell. pay enough attention to attorneys general. Lowell, we've come to the end of our time, um, but I wanted to thank you for telling everybody what to do. Get out there in Virginia, people. Work yeah. hard. Let's win. Thanks for being on, Lowell. I appreciate it. All right. Sure thing. Thanks. Welcome back. This is Cliff Schechter. I'm filling in for Leslie Marshall, and you are listening to The Leslie Marshall Show. Just finished having a great conversation with Lowell Feld of Blue Virginia. And uh, some of what we talked about was the importance of, of organizing and off-year elections, getting people to turn out in Virginia, which will be an important place uh, for sending a message to the Republican Party and uh, particularly to a certain Mr. Trump. Um, and so why not we why don't we talk to somebody who knows a little bit about organizing? We're lucky enough to have with us right now John Holinko, who is founder and maybe I don't know if it's CEO, we'll call it director, I don't know, something cool, commandant of uh, Left Action, which is a great you, you may belong to it because 
over a million people do. Great uh, website, Facebook, uh, fantastic way of organizing progressives. And we're just going to talk to John now, find out what's going on out there. Are you with us? Yes, I am. It's great to be here, Cliff. How are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Living the dream, trying to avoid the nightmare. <laughs> well, um, I, 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 the dream is good. The nightmare happened uh, in November. We're all living through it, and it uh, seems like we're making it somehow, um, which is good. And and you know what? I, th- that's a, maybe a good transition point. I think some of the reason why we're doing better than we otherwise would be doing is because people are out there. They're showing up at the Women's March. They're showing up um, you know, outside Mitch McConnell's house when he talks to, to Senator Warren in the sexist way. They're used to talking to people. We've got people showing up. For, for you know to, to protect immigrants and and you know various other populations at threat right now right here down the the, the road from me there was a public high school that had uh, swastikas and other uh, and and uh, racist terms written on the wall and people showed up to help take it off the wall and to sing to them the next day as the kids were going into school I feel like there's a spirit out there right now of people coming together because of what we're all dealing with. And you play a big role in that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been seeing at Left Action, and maybe you can tell people what Left Action is, and people listening should definitively join. So uh, sure. why, don't you, why don't you tell them about it? Yeah, I'd be happy to, and I think you nailed it. I mean, people people have woken up big time, and they're getting really, really involved in, uh, in a major way. Uh, one of the well, just to give a little bit of background on Left Action. So Left Action is at leftaction.com and Facebook uh, Left Action. It's a uh, community, an online uh, activist community. It's uh, over 2 million now. And uh, we really focus on online engagement, getting people to sign petitions, to take action online. And then we try and match them up with candidates, campaigns, uh, organizations that can help them go to the next level, you know, to take them to, you know, volunteering, to uh, in, uh, you know, real, well, real-world action, I guess. I mean, online is real-world action, but, you know, getting out to marches and right. and voting and, and moving up the engagement ladder. And uh, we have seen a left action has been around in its current form since about 2010. And just to give a sense of how much people are waking up, we've grown since November by 80%, which is staggering. It's the quickest wow. growth we've ever had. Because people are really engaging, and they're they're engaging in a broad and very deep way. Well, that's yeah. I mean, we've seen that. That's fantastic. It's incredibly important. Eighty um, percent. That's kind of that's staggering in a way. Um, it is. What, and what it, is and it's it? Amazing. What, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say. I mean, I, I think you nailed it before when you talked about people waking up. I mean, I have friends, uh, you know, longtime friends who. I've always been politically aware, but never into politics. Who are now talking about running for Congress? Who who want to do fundraisers for 2020 and 2018? And you know, Lowell, your prior guest that talked about Virginia. Uh, I mean, like you know, the there's so much happening, and people are engaging in a way like I've never seen. I mean, not in my lifetime. Well, that's I mean, fantastic because obviously we need it now. And I, and, and again, I think sometimes people are. Uh, are, don't give enough credit to when, when having bodies out in the street and making calls and emails and how this influences not just legislators. We've seen the Republican House back off the gutting of the Ethics Committee. We've seen them, at least in the short term, I'm sure they'll be back again, back off selling off uh, national parks. 
Um, you know, these things make a difference. I, I, you even saw Jason Shaffitz, who I, you know, wouldn't trust as far as I could kick, um, going in and, and, and feeling a need to rebuke Kellyanne Conway for, uh, you know, for becoming a, a salesperson for Ivanka's uh, clothing uh, line and, and breaking ethics laws. So, I mean, I, I, I think that, that some of these actions you see is because the protests are so enormous, and we've read stories about Donald Trump even being shocked at the size of what's come out against him. So I, I, I think the role that is plays is incredibly important. Let me say one more thing. Let's not think that judges are people that sit and don't hear and read news. And yep. some of the judges who've come out on, on these cases, especially against the ridiculous Muslim ban, don't think that it doesn't have an influence on them too. I mean, Anthony Kennedy himself on the, on the gay marriage, uh, the marriage equality case, wrote about norms in foreign countries and things of that sort. They see these things. They hear these things. It's incredibly important. So, oh, I, I think you're. I think you're 100 percent right. I mean, people. There's a great, great quote from Senator Hollings, former Senator Hollings from uh, South Carolina. I remember him standing up, giving a speech, and he, he just said, you know, the, this great smile and this great Southern drawl. Said, well, when I feel the fire, I see the light. And <laughs> when you see people marching outside your office, showing up in meetings, and showing that they they are coming with uh, passion and, and anger and, and, just, and they care, well, these politicians will see the light. Uh, even the ones in, you know, ostensibly safe districts, I mean, like Jason Chaffetz, who you mentioned, I mean, when he sees people showing up in Utah at his... A thousand uh, people or meeting, something, right? Yeah, I mean, that's... And, that, and people, to their credit, I mean, we were... We live here in D.C., my, my family and I, and we went to the Women's March. I mean, it was unbelievable. Like, I've never seen anything like that in D.C. since I've been here, and, and well, this is just the first of many. Yeah, I mean, I can say here in Cincinnati, there I went out. we went out that day, too, and marched in Washington Park here, and there were 15,000 people, and people needed, you know, there was not expected, they were expecting, you know, an, an audio, a group of people maybe in the hundreds. Yeah. And this, this is not, you know, this is a city of 300,000 people. I mean, it's a pretty impressive uh, you know, outpouring of support, and and you've seen that you saw that in other cities. I mean, places like Boise, Idaho. I mean, you know, there were there were some places that had you were just it was shocking. So, so so, can you explain to people? So with left action, you'll you'll see that certain topics are 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 incredibly important to people, and you'll put petitions out, or you'll encourage people to go out to to let's say protest something in a specific spot, or most or of that what kind we of thing. Do is is with an online focus and aimed at engaging people at that first level. So we'll typically run a series of petitions at any given time. And uh, like just for example, uh, when President Trump, or, uh, so-called President Trump, consulted the uh, Australian Prime Minister, we put up very quickly a petition, Dear Australia, we're sorry our president is such an ass. And that's up to, I, don't know, I think, 40,000 signatures now. So we do try and respond, uh, respond in a timely way. And, uh, but we also have ones that are dealing with health care. We've asked members of Congress, Republican members, well, you want to repeal government health care, repeal your own first. Uh, you know, they, they get government That I love, by the way. Thank, Thank you. you for that, because I've wondered why we haven't seen that right from the beginning and in more places, how people who get government health care can be trying, complaining that government health care is terrible and trying to take it away from other people. This would seem to be one of the easier things to message, and you've clearly done it. 
Well, you know, it, it's. Um, I appreciate that, and you know, it it, it really took off. There were well over a hundred thousand signatures now, and I think what that does is it gets people engaged, but it starts to seep out in the press and starts to get out on blogs, and people start to feel pressure because then all of a sudden you're going after members of Congress not just for political differences, but for straight-up hypocrisy. And hypocrisy is something you can go after, you know, 90% of the, the, the electorate will agree with you on it. They may not march with you, but they, it, it's hard to argue against something that's just so outright hypocritical. Right. I've found that a good formula is pointing out their hypocrisy, pointing out why they're doing it, i.e., who are the moneyed interests behind them. And, and, but then the, that last element, as, as we all know, is that people are going to be hurt by it. And if people realize they're going to be hurt by somebody else's hypocrisy because they're basically getting big money, um, that's, that's something they can respond to. I, I want to talk to you more about this in a second, John, but we've got to go to a break. We're here sure. with John Linko of Left Action, folks. Uh, and uh, right on the other side of the break, we'll be we'll be catching up with John about some more of what he's doing. Welcome back, everybody. This is Cliff Schechter. I am hosting the Leslie Marshall Show, sitting in for Leslie. We are uh, at the bottom end of the hour. We've been having a great conversation with John Halenko. John uh, runs Left Action, a very important uh, organization that you should go join, like right now, because uh, it gets people out there. <laughs> it creates democracy. We need some of that. John, you still with me, I hope? Oh, yes. Heck yeah. I can't say all these nice things about you and have you ditch me. I've never ditched you, buddy. I know. You're a good man that way. Um, so, you know, I was talking with Lowell Feld earlier about the problem of off-year elections. What do you think is, uh, you know, the guy running left action, what do you think uh, we can do around organizing to make sure people turn out, uh, particularly in Virginia, which is a pretty important one, but all over the country? Sort of yeah, no, I know. I think you nailed it. I mean, the off-year elections, local elections, uh, you know, it's, it's understandable. We get very, um, we, we get transfixed by the presidential elections. People are already talking about 2020, and I think that's appropriate. I mean, we should get excited over people who we want to see, uh, you know, defeat the great orange menace. But um, in the meantime, it's absolutely critical to focus on these off-year elections, you know, Virginia, New Jersey, uh, but also the local. Uh, you know, state houses are the ones who uh, generally will draw the congressional districts. So, you know, if we're getting more votes for the House and we're getting more votes for the Senate, but we don't control either, you know, in the aggregate, but we don't control either one, well, certainly the House is something that we could do something about. If we elect state houses that will draw reasonable districts, uh, and give Democrats, uh, you know, a fair chance of winning, that can help tip the balance. And look, it's possible in 2020 that the 2018 House election uh, could end up deciding the presidential election. I mean, it, it, what if a couple of independent candidates run? What if it goes to the House of Representatives? The House of Representatives, you know, so even if you care about the presidential election, you got to care about the House, the midterms, you got to care about local. And this is yeah. where we build our farm team, you know, the people who are going to run for these higher offices, uh, they start at the local level. And this is something that the right-wingers have, frankly, cleaned our clocks on. They got involved with school boards. They got involved with local councils. And they've moved up the ranks. 
and now they have a much bigger farm team. We need to really up our game. I think that's those are incredibly important points. Um, so uh, do you have, I mean, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, and I wouldn't do it if, unless you were so good at what you do, but because nobody's come up with the answer for this yet. So you may have the answer. I don't know. But do you, do you have in your, you know, you as an organizer who, who has, does such amazing things with left action, do you have any new ideas about what we can perhaps do to make sure people do turn out in these off-year elections, how we can do it, what we maybe have missed? Uh, it's a great question. And, you know, it's uh, we, we've tried to do a few things. So one of the things we've done at Left Action is we've put up a page called 99 Ways to Fight Trump.com. And it's just a simple list of 99 ways. But included amongst those are, you know, uh, links to local elections, links to announcing as, you know, if you want to be a candidate, there are links to places where you can learn how to go about that. So we're trying to make the. We're trying to make it easier to get engaged in general with the local elections and off-year elections. But in terms of turning people out, you know, I think, um, you know, Donald Trump, uh, you know, he's, he's certainly unified America against him. So I think yep. that now that people know the stakes, I'm hoping that will help turn out people on the Democratic side and the left side. Uh, to uh, you know, to combat his policies, you know, down across the spectrum. But you know, a lot of this, frankly, really comes down to peer pressure. You know, people need to identify friends who show up maybe once in a blue moon to elections, or maybe every four years, and they need to. Oh, sorry, my puppy is barking in the background. Um, bring your puppy to make sure everybody turns out is what we're going to do. Oh, well, hey, you know, Pebbles is one cute puppy. So, uh, you know, I, I promise you if, you, if you vote, I will send you a picture of Pebbles. Uh, she's uh, absolutely adorable. But um, you know, I think people need to really use peer pressure on their friends and, um, you know, and, and really rally friends, offer to drive them, offer to help them. A lot of the stuff that's not particularly sexy, um, we, you know, it works. Although, speaking of sexiness, one of the things I tried a few years ago was an effort called Shag the Vote where we try to convince people to tell their partners, you know, that if they didn't vote, that they would abstain from sex for a month, and if they did vote, that they would reward them accordingly. So, I don't know. Do we get I like, see, to there's some creativity. I like that. Well, yeah. Well, you know, we've got to get creative, got to use humor, got to get attention. Yep. Got it. Oh, and- sorry. No, no, no. I've got, I've got both pets and little kids, so none of this, this is all good as far as I'm concerned, John. Um, yeah, I, I, I appreciate. It. I mean, I think that um, the, you know, these are hugely important points. I, I think one of the things you brought up there is that you people come into left action, um, and they're you know most sort of animated maybe, and or they become involved because of national issues. Because oh my God, what is Donald Trump doing now? Which has gotten a lot of people involved. But then you can channel some of that back into local issues they may not have heard as much about because obviously newspapers are suffering and the local coverage isn't what it used to be. So that's one way, one strategy for getting people involved, right? You get them involved nationally and you channel that back locally once they're involved. Um, totally, totally. You draw them in through the, the big, you know, orange lightning rod. And once they're drawn in, you could say, I mean, like here in D.C., you know, there, there, there are all kinds of local offices to run for. And, you know, in Cincinnati and Ohio, I mean, you name it, there's yep. all kinds of local offices to run for and local issues to engage with. And people may find that, number one, not a lot of people are running for office at the local level. So you can actually win elections 
and have make change. And what they also may find is at the local level, you can do stuff that really impacts your own life directly, uh, you know, in a very, very direct way. Um, it, that's a great point. I mean, because, look, some of the stuff right now, it's not that we don't want to take back the Senate. Of course we do. We want to take back the House. We need to take back the presidency. All these things need to be taken back. But at the same time, sometimes there are issues that are purely local issues. And if you live in an area where you can help take control of a city council or whatever it might be, um, you know, I, I think of a classic example here where I live. I live in Hamilton County. Uh, which is the Cincinnati area. We we had a, you know, obviously there was a terrible night for a lot of us on election night, but we won a really important race here that determined who controlled the Hamilton County Commissioner's office, and now we have a two to one uh, advantage, and that makes all the difference in the world uh, when it comes to many issues, local economic development issues, and things of that nature. So so you know we've still found a way to to have something positive happen. Um, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, you, you could. Um, we, if you go to 99 Ways to Fight Trump, one of the links is a link to ba- where you basically can type in your address, and it shows you all the offices you can run for. So, I mean, if people want to run, that's, it's a great resource, but it also tells you, well, here are the offices that are, you know, that are up for election. And even if you're not yep. going to run, you know, figure out, well, what do these people do? How do they impact me? I mean, we have area neighborhood uh, coordinating committees uh, um, here in D.C., I may be mixed right. with A.N.C. commissions, and they do a lot of stuff at the local level. But a lot of folks in D.C. are not aware of what you know they even exist. But they have a huge impact on you know on business and housing, and so I mean there's there's a lot of ways to get involved. Yep. So I, I think that, that that's a huge lesson from this to people, which is to look at what's out there. You know, and, and I will say this, too. It's, some of it's running for office, but there's a lot of other ways to get involved, too. I mean, I, you know, I'm involved with a number of charitable organizations that I'm proud to be involved with, one of whom very national people know a lot about, which is Planned Parenthood, um, which has been under assault from the right. There's a, a, a classic example of an organization that can always use people's assistance, but there's many others, um, and and that is another way, you know, because maybe running for office isn't for you, or you have a job you love, you're doing what you're doing, you only have a certain amount of time on your hands, but there's just there's always something you can do. I, I think yeah, I think that that's exactly right. I mean, one of the things that I love most about our work with Left Action is we're kind of we're kind of matchmakers. So we have a lot of these organizations that work with us to help build up their grassroots, but we have a lot of these activists, and we say, you know, learn more about Planned Parenthood, learn more about about Emily's List, about, you know, I mean, you name it, there are so many great organizations where you can get involved in even a small way and make a big difference. People just need to find their passion, they need to figure out what their, uh, you know, what their budget is for time, but there are ways to use time, even a small amount, very efficiently to make an impact. I think that is just that's, – that's perfect. And I think if everybody can take that attitude, what I'm hoping is work at your local charity and, and you know, and national charities and help people out. Um, but as, you, as we also said, make sure you get out there and vote. Vote in the off-year and peer pressure. You pointed that out. Incredibly important because it's one thing when people say something on TV and encourage you to vote. But it's another thing when it's your – you know, your brother or your mother or a good friend of yours or whoever it might be. So I just wanted to say thank you, John, for being here. That's John Halenko from Left Action. Everybody should go check out Left Action as well as Blue Virginia. And uh, thanks for being here, John. Everybody, have a great uh, rest of your Monday. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it.